what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. You've seen him in movies and TV, and now he's playing the lead character of Studio City, a show that he created and writes for, originally from the Buckeye State of Ohio. Please welcome Mr. Sean Kanan to the Talk to Q Radio show. Sean, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Quincy. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time. So let's start from the beginning really quick. Um, how did you get into acting? Was it something you always wanted to do as a kid? I don't know if I always wanted to do it. You know, I grew up in a small town. I left uh, I left Ohio when I was five, and I moved to Newcastle, Pennsylvania, which was uh, it was a small city in western Pennsylvania. Uh, we lived about I don't know maybe five seven miles away from the Amish people, so uh, you know it wasn't unusual to sometimes see like a horse and buggy. And I think that when you grow up in a small town, mm. it tends to foster the desire to see the outside world, the bigger world beyond your horizon. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of dreaming about what life would be like outside of that town. And for me, you know, going to the movies was my earliest form of escapism. And um, probably around the time I was, I was 16, I decided that I wanted to get into acting. Um, I was going to school in Boston University working on my political science degree, started taking some acting classes and decided that if I really wanted to pursue this seriously, I either had to go to New York or Los Angeles. And I figured it was better to be broke where the weather was nice. At least I could go to the beach. So I transferred to UCLA uh, to finish up my poli-sci degree. And I started knocking on doors. And about a year and a half before I got my first job, and uh, a couple, about a year after that, I uh, went to an open call for the new bad guy for the Karate Kid 3. And I got picked out of uh, a line of about 1,500 guys uh, to go in and screen test with Ralph Macchio. And, um, you know, it went really well. And they proceeded to hire somebody else right away. And the guy worked about five days, and they fired him, and then they called me back, and, uh, and I got the role. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's really made a tremendous difference in the trajectory of my life and, and certainly in my career. Wow, I wonder what happened to that guy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think about it from time to time. I, I don't know his, uh, I don't know his name, but I, I think about it from time to time because, you know, listen, whatever his path was, I guess apparently that wasn't it, and it was mine. And you know, I, I wish him well. I hope he's doing well too. So your role as Mike Barnes and the bad guy in Karate Kid Three really uh-huh. put you on the map. Did you have a martial art experience prior to auditioning for that role? I, I did. Uh, I started studying uh, Shotokan karate when I was about 13 years old. 
and I kept I kept up with it uh, off and on over the years. I've studied different martial arts. Uh, it's always been something that's been important in my life. Um, it I think did a lot to shape me, uh, you know, as as an adult. And my the head of my karate school was actually Pat Morita's stunt double. So while that didn't help me get hired, well, I guess it did help me get hired in the sense that once they were strongly considering me and, and I was about to get the job, you know, they, they asked Sensei Demura, who, who ran the karate school that was the head school that I was a part of, you know, to vouch for mm-hmm. me, and he did. He said, you know, he said I was a good kid. He said that, you know, I, I studied martial arts and that, you know, I could – I could do the job. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that really was kind of like the icing on the cake for me getting the job that, uh, you know, my, my head teacher vouched for me. And, uh, you know, then there I was, it was, you know, very surreal because a year, a year prior, I was in the audience as a paying, you know, ticket buyer watching karate kid two. And now suddenly here I am filming karate kid three with, you know, Ralph Macchio and uh, Pat Morita and Martin Cove. And, uh, you know, it was an extraordinary experience. Wow. Wow. That is amazing going from watching the movie to being in the movie. And, um, right. you know, for future interviews, I think you should tell people that uh, you had to beat those other 1,500 guys in karate matches in order to get the role. <laughs> I think that would be a great well, story. I don't, gonna be, I don't know if I'm going to have done that, but I, I just, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that for – for one reason or another, that day I was bringing my A game, and it, uh, you know, the the chips fell in my favor. <laughs> no doubt. All right. So from from the silver screen, you end up on the the tube on TV, and you did you yeah. know countless TV shows, and you had very long stints in the soap opera world. Um, you were Deacon Sharp on The Bold and the Beautiful for what, like seventeen years, yeah. I think, and you were on The Young and the Restless. And you played uh-huh. AJ Quartermain on General Hospital for over twenty years. Now, so well, offers- well, I was just going to say I, I I didn't do it for twenty years. I, I played AJ Quartermain from about ninety two to about ninety seven, and then the strangest thing happened. Uh, I never thought that I would go back to that show. And Frank Valentini, the executive producer, uh, asked me if I would be interested in coming back for the fiftieth anniversary of the show, which was in. 2015, and it was really an incredible, incredible experience to go back after all that time and to work again with, uh, you know, actors that I had worked with when I, I really was starting my career. Okay, okay, okay. I misunderstood that. But, all right, so soap operas air five days a week. So what was the grind like when it came to being on a soap opera? I mean, how often did you have to work as far as the hours and how hard was it to constantly have to memorize a script? Well, for instance, when we did uh, The Bold and Beautiful, uh, we would film Tuesday through Friday. We were always off on Mondays. You're, you're okay. exactly right. There's, there's, you know, there's a show on five days a week, but we take a month off in the summer and a month off during Christmas and New Year's. So we have to create shows that will be airing for all those times when we're not actually in production. So what we would do is do one show a day plus parts of other shows so that at the end of the week we would have like eight shows done and those extra shows would be the ones that would be airing you know as as we came into the holidays uh you know generally you know it is difficult learning the lines i mean it was not unusual to have to learn you know 20 25 sometimes 30 pages of dialogue for a day you know it's one of those things i always 
associate with like going to the gym. You know, the the the, the more you lift, the the stronger you get, the more weight you can lift. And, okay. and the more that I would, you know, learn to memorize lines, the better I got, and the easier they would come. You know, there's a lot of good stuff about being in a soap opera. You're not on location. You know, you're you're shooting in Los Angeles or in New York. Um, the hours are relatively normal. You know, you're usually in like seven thirty, eight in the morning. And depending on how many scenes you have and where your scenes are in the day, you can get really lucky and be done by like 11 or noon. Or sometimes if your scenes are spread out throughout the day, you know, you might wind up being in there till 7.30 at night. But generally speaking, yeah. it's, a, it's a really good, desirable job to have, especially, you know, like if you have a family and you don't want to be traveling to locations and things like that. So there's a lot about it that's really terrific. Doesn't sound bad at all. I mean, uh, but I, 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 I know just uh, the, I know the day-to-day grind when, and memorizing things. It seems intimidating, definitely, just from the outside looking in. But uh, so, what do you think happened to soap operas? I mean, how did daytime talk shows take over the spot that soap operas held on to for over fifty years? Well, you know, I think I think that we've seen I call it a culling of the herd because you know, uh, sort of the survival of the fittest with uh, um, soap operas. So there's four left. Um, and I think that when reality television and daytime talk shows came on, they were less expensive to produce. And so it was difficult for soaps with their big cast to compete. So the number of soaps contracted. Uh, but that being said, I think their popularity remains because these are characters that um, you know people have been invested in for um, for years and years and years, and so they remain loyal yeah. to them. Okay. All right, so you created a digital drama series called Studio City, which can be seen on yep. Prime Video. And um, ironically, yep. it's a story that focuses on the drama surrounding the production of a popular soap opera called Hearts on Fire. Right. Um, yeah. Is Studio City a show where art imitates life? I mean, did you experience some of the same things that occur in this show during your soap opera career? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I experienced different versions of them. Um, you know, they say write what you know. And, uh, you know, I've been involved in daytime for off and on for three decades. And, you know, so often when we see soap operas portrayed in the media or in other shows, you know, they're kind of portrayed, you know, like, I don't know, it's, uh, it's almost like they're the butt of a joke sometimes. And some of the very best actors that I've ever worked with uh, come from daytime. And so I wanted to create a show that would effectively be a, a love letter to the soaps. You know, it, the soaps have been wonderful to me over the years and they've given me a great life. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to show what it was like to be a guy that stars on a soap opera. So, you know, from the outside looking in, you think, wow, this is a guy that's starring on a TV show. You know, he probably makes a lot of money and he's got, you know, got some fame and this and that. But what I wanted to show was that while it is, an occasionally exciting job that is atypical. My character on the show deals with a lot of the same crap that everybody in life deals with. He's got family issues. He's got, you know, mm-hmm. issues at work. He's got issues with his girlfriend. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a short form digital show. The, the episodes all range between 10 and 15 minutes. And so it was really important that we were able to get the audience connected to the characters as quickly as possible. And one of the things we did was we, we deal with a lot of really pertinent social issues. You know, we've got 
a storyline about ageism. My character is no longer the young buck in the show. He's, you know, he's, he's older now and he's in the middle of contract negotiations and they bring a mm-hmm. sort of a younger, better looking version of him on the show to kind of nip at his heels. And he's got a girlfriend who's, you know, she's really with him because of what he can do for her, not because she really cares about him. And he's got an overbearing mother and he has got a boss that is, you know, you know, pretty ruthless. And, you know, he deals with a lot of stuff, but we deal with a lot of issues like, uh, like ageism and we have an LGBTQ storyline and we deal with, you know, Me Too and suicide, and we do all of it in a way that isn't heavy-handed, hopefully, that's, you know, that entertains. And we like to say sometimes we, you know, we make you laugh, and sometimes we make you cry, but hopefully we're always entertaining you and you're enjoying the show. And so why was it important to make the show be much more than a, just a daily drama? Uh, it was important for me because, you know, this is a project that I've been working on off and on for over 10 years. And I wanted to put as much of who I am as a person into my character. And I figured, you know what, if this succeeds, I want it to succeed because I'm putting as much honesty into this as I can. And if it fails, I don't want it to fail because, you know, I decided to play someone other than the character that I had envisioned. Uh, And, -hmm. you know, it's been really terrific. We've, We've gotten great reviews. Um, the nominations for the daytime Emmys just came out the other day and we got eight nominations for the daytime Emmys, including, um, uh, best show. And, uh, it's, it's been fantastic. Uh, we also were nominated for 12 independent series awards. So we're, we're really trying to build our audience. You know, I, I really hope people will give us a chance and watch the full six episodes. And, uh, you know, I, I really think you're going to get hooked and be looking forward to uh, the next season. Well, I definitely agree with you there as far as getting hooked. I um, I enjoy watching the season one, and, um, you know, the episodes are short, so you can watch it in pretty much one sitting, and um, I look forward to another the, season. I absolutely season. enjoy uh, Carolyn Hennessy. She played the role of Gloria, yeah. your boss, and Scott Turner Schofield as Max. Can you talk about your cast on your show and what it's been like to work with them so far? Oh, my God. You know, we have, we have, we have a tremendous cast. Uh, uh, Tristan Rogers, who most people will know as Robert Scorpio from uh, General Hospital, uh, is on the show. And, I'm, you know, if you're a fan of Tristan's, you're going to see him playing a character that is truly different than anything you've seen him do before. Tristan and I are um, very good friends. And I, I told him, I said, you know, look, if, if you trust me, I'm going to create a character for you that is going to show aspects of who you are as an actor that nobody has seen before. And Tristan was nominated for an Emmy. And I, I just, it makes me so proud that that happened for the first time in his career. You know, here's a guy that has been famous on daytime for decades and has never been nominated for an Emmy. And it's our first season and he's been nominated. Uh, we've uh, Patrika Darbo, who is uh, just a tremendous actor. Patrika and I have done, so many projects together that I have lost count. Carolyn Hennessy, who I adore. Uh, Carolyn is phenomenal in this. She got nominated for an Emmy, as did Patrika, as did Scott Turner Schofield for Best Guest Star. Um, my wife is one of the writers. She was nominated. She and I were uh, nominated along with Lauren de Normandy uh, for an Outstanding Writing Team. And uh, they, they also nominated me for uh, Lead Actor. So it's, just, it's been really incredible um sarah joy brown who's in the cast is a three-time emmy award winner she and i 
work together in General Hospital. Uh, and there's some tremendous new actors that people won't be familiar with, but they're going to really enjoy watching them. And so, um, and I know you mentioned your wife being a part of the show, so you, you're keeping it a family affair. That's pretty cool. And um, yeah, question is, is the dog yours as well? The dog, I love that. The dog is mine. She's my, my little girl, Charlie, who's my little black mini pug that is my, you know, my child. I love her. And uh, uh, she plays Brutus. So she's such a good actor. She plays a male dog. And she's Patrika Darbo, who plays my mother's. <laughs> A dog, and for some reason, Patrika decided to name the dog Brutus, so we went with it. Okay, and it's That's funny. You know, cool. I, Char- Charlie has her own IMDb page, and uh, if you Google Charlie Kanan, C H A R L I Kanan, K A N A N, she's got all sorts of funny pictures of her come up, and you know, we stick Charlie in everything that we we do. That's pretty cool. All right, yeah. so um, when can we expect season two? Well, you know, here's the thing. We're all trying to figure out what production is going to look like in the post-coronavirus atmosphere. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm I'm having a a conversation uh, tomorrow with my producing partner and our director, Timothy Woodward Jr., and we are going to discuss just that, what our plans are. You know, are we going to stay on Amazon? Are we going to move to a different platform? Are we going to stay with the short form format? Or are we going to expand to a 30-minute format? So we've got lots and lots mm-hmm. of decisions to make, to make tomorrow, and they're all exciting decisions. Um, you know, I've always had an idea of where I envisioned um, my character ending after hopefully many, many seasons. And, um, you know, we've got tremendous other writers working on the show who've got great ideas and I think we've got some great story that we want to bring the audience uh, just as soon as we can. So as soon as we're able to get back in production and, and start uh, comprising season two we're going to be doing it. Sounds good. Is it more satisfying for you to be in front of the camera for a successful TV show or behind the camera as a creator and the writer for a successful show? You know, you know Quincy, it's funny. It, I think they satisfy different things in me. Like writing for me is, I would say the least fun, but it's really rewarding when you write something and you watch actors play, play the scene and they, they elevate it even beyond what you wrote because it is collaborative. You know, the the hope of every writer is that when it comes into the hands of the actor and the director, that it's going to be even better than what you wrote. The producing I, I like because you're, you know, you're able to affect change and influence and sculpt what the project looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you, you know, you're able to decide, you know, who gets cast and, you know, where things are going. And that's, that's good. But I, I really truly love acting. And um, um, for me, this is such a rewarding project because, you know, I, I've been, I've been blessed that, that I've been recognized for all three things that, that I've been involved with, the producing, the writing, and the acting. And that, that happens, you know, sometimes that doesn't happen at all in a career. And, and if, if, if you're lucky, it happens once. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you hear that cliche, oh, just being nominated is, is you know, an honor. It really is. Um, right. the, the, the people that I'm nominated against are all terrific professionals. And to be recognized by my peers, you know, I've been in daytime for a long time. And while this isn't daytime, it, it is uh, part of the daytime Emmys. 
and you know, after all these years to to have people see this project that I've been trying to get made for so long and have them respond so positively to it is is humbling. Okay. Well, I'll get ready to wrap things up, but but I did want to ask you this. Um, I saw that it was recently announced that you were going to host the 11th annual Indie Series Award Ceremony. And um, you mentioned yes, them earlier. Um, the ISAs have celebrated the best in independently produced scripted entertainment created for the web. So first of all, congratulations on that. How did you Thank find you. out you would be hosting, and what was your reaction? Well, I, I was I was just thrilled. I mean, um, you know, I first of all, we were really honored. The show was nominated for 12 Independent Series Awards, so we were in contact with, you know, the directors of the award show and the producers, and... Uh, you know, they, they, they asked me if I would be interested in hosting, and I just jumped at the opportunity. Um, you know, I love performing in front of a live audience. Unfortunately, that won't be happening. We are going to be doing this virtual. So um, mm -hmm. uh, my, my monologue is most likely going to be delivered from my living room. But uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm, really, I'm really excited that we're able to at least have the awards. You know what I mean? In the face of all this, you know, craziness, we're at least able to carry on, and I think that's a real testament to who we are as Americans and who we are in the entertainment industry, and I could not be prouder to be hosting the show. Great. That's great. All right. So, Sean, where, where can my listeners find you and connect with you on social media? Um, they can follow me on Twitter, which is at Sean Kanan, or they can follow me on Instagram, which is Sean.Ann. I really do my best to try and respond to everybody who – reaches out to me. Um, we've got the, uh, uh, the independent series awards will be uh, live streamed and uh, you can go to, uh, I think it's isa.com and, and find out uh, more information there. And you can also go check out uh, the daytime Emmy. So it's a big month for, for our show and for everybody in daytime. And so I, I'd love it if everybody would follow me and keep up with what I'm doing. All right. Sounds good. Sean, I appreciate you taking the time to do the show. I know you're extremely busy. Um, I mean, you're an actor, a writer. Now you're an award show host, and and you're even an author. Um, we didn't even get a chance to talk about your books. Yeah, the Modern Gentleman, Cooking and Entertaining with Sean Kanan. So maybe we can discuss that in the future if you're game for that. I would love that. Then I have another book called Success Factor X. I'd uh, love to talk to you about it. You let me know anytime you're free. I'll make myself available. Okay. All right, I appreciate it, and All right. thanks for coming Take on. Care. Stay safe. You can watch Sean host the Indie Series Awards virtual ceremony on Thursday, June 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Studio City was nominated 12 times, so that's pretty cool. You can catch Studio City on Prime Video on Amazon. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.